Hey guys, welcome to episode 127 of the JV Club with our first return to ladies after a fantastic boys of summer series. Oh, by the way, it's me, Kulat Vilaisak. Janet's in Scandinavia and she asked me to step in and say a few words before the episode. Here's a direct quote from Janet. Guys, support Kulap's amazing origin story project. It's a must. Now, for those of you who need a reminder about what I'm doing, I'm directing my very first film, and I've decided to be a documentary, about finding my birth father and about finding who I am, and I'm calling it Origin Story. And right now, we are on our last couple weeks of fundraising, so please, please, please check out the film at Indiegogo.com, search Origin Story, and donate what you can. So please... Learn more about the film and, and what I'm doing. Go to originstorydoc.com. There is a link right there for our Indiegogo campaign. I hope you guys will get involved. And now, involve yourselves with the awesome Aaron Foley. This episode was recorded before summer even began, so it's been a long time coming. Let's fire it up! Now entering Nerdist.com. I'm reporting there is a possibility I'm going to mistake you for one of my dogs. Perfect. As you now essentially have dog legs. <laughs> I totally have dog legs. You have dog legs. Um, this is awesome. What a good sport. What a good sport. Get away, a wolf. Almost feels like she's she shed more on you than she ever has on me. Is that a sign of like she can tell that you like dogs? I think that so. She's like, let me just give, let me get you. All, let me get me all over you. I'm going to roll my possible. body uh, over your jeans. Yeah. Should, are the, we recording or are we just... Yeah, we're recording. Oh, we are? Sweet. Uh, the, <laughs> that's, basically, that's basically what it was. She gave you like the reverse tape roll. She she rolled over you the way a roller would remove <laughs> hair. She just made it. Happen. I would like to put my entire fur body on your jeans. Let's success. do this. Oh. 100% success. Yeah, I think because I didn't grow up with dogs that like... I've always loved him so much, and when I'm around him, I'm like, "Good, good in there." Yeah, Let's I'm do so this. glad. Yeah, you had the best reaction, guys. When uh, when I opened the door, um, I, it felt like it's been a little while since I've had the dogs uh, in the same room during the podcast. Because especially in the beginning, she really—I mean, she is sort of like, for sure, on the star of the show still. Like she yeah. is kind of doing that. But I mean, she was she's flat before on her back, <laughs> stomach out, legs up. Like, let's also do frozen. this. <laughs> You can see this dog right now. I wish, I wish everyone, yeah. Um, But uh, but yeah, I was like, "Eh, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see what Foley thinks about these dogs. So so love them. Two for two, gold medals. Go and well, speaking of gold medals, thanks for asking me if I liked sports with a possibility that I could potentially do your podcast. It would be so fun. I wish that I. Did you talk? Do you cover all sports? Talk about like tell, a, a niche podcast. podcast. Yeah, tell, <laughs> tell me about it. Not to just immediately uh, plug stuff, but like, um, I mean, I well, I have I have a real, uh, real deep obsession with sports. So the podcast is called Sports Without Balls, <laughs> and I um, talk to other ladies about sports. Oh, 
oh okay yeah so, you only so it's just ladies also. yeah i didn't even know lady lady and then i was oh i'm so glad i double check with your pa- i was like wait i'm like oh that's right just yeah. ladies we're sort of we might have cornered that market well you would be surprised uh how many ladies actually don't not a lot of so, ladies yeah, i've asked speak, yeah well it's such a, it's a there's yeah. actually it's quite a niche because um there's actually a thousand gazillion women that watch sports and play sports sure but when i first started off i was like oh i'll just interview like comics you know and then i was like then hopefully like journalists and athletes as it because i don't know a lot of like i'm in the comedy world i'm not in the sports world right so now it's really taken on it's only been like maybe 40 episodes the first time i just did with rebecca Corey because we were just laughing so hard uh-huh. <laughs> um and then like she gets busy it's hard to get you know connect schedules oh, when you're God, doing with yeah, you know forever. someone specifically so, so then every week was another female comic and then I thought, all right, I've got someone knows someone that knows someone. So then I just, so now I'm starting to get into like more journalists and athletes. That's great. Which is, you know, I, I'm like, you know, when pe- people get really starstruck by like, you know, actors or music, like for me, I'm like, ah, whatever. But for a- like athletes, I'll, I'll lose my mind. Yeah. I will lose my mind. Yeah. So have you had the opportunity to like super geek out on someone and, or try to keep it together and, and yeah, I, I am actually going to interview this woman in the next week or two. She's like uh, Lindsay Harding. She plays starting point guard for the LA Sparks women's basketball. And right. I met her after a comedy show and we were just chatting. And then she was a friend of a friend and then she left. And my friend's like, you know, that's Lindsay Harding of the Sparks, but I didn't recognize her because they look so different when they're on the court. Right. She was all dolled up. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I yeah. full on, it was at the Hollywood improv ran after her. I ran after her and I was like, I'm sorry. I know you're just talking. Um, I didn't know that you were, you know, and she was like, oh, now you want to talk to me? Like totally, totally throwing it in my face. It was really funny. So yeah, that was a little bit of a geek out. Well, when did you, so is that something that you, and I'm sure you've talked about this on your podcast and hopefully you guys will, uh, you know, be willing to dive back into it if you check out Aaron's. But um, this is actually a perfect segue for me since I'm curious, like how we evolved out of our adolescence into who we are or stayed the same or what have you. Yeah. Did you play a lot of sports? Did you? Oh, I was crazy sports head. Yeah. Crazy sports I mean, head. I always have this like joke now that I was like, you know, growing up, I was like an insane tomboy. But now you can be like, oh, you're gay. But, <laughs> but, but yes. I, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of ladies that play sports that aren't gay but i was super no, is that i was true? a super I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> things four, go so margaret fast. claire you find, you find out shit about me so fast that you're like oh this is very upsetting <laughs> this is going to be this podcast where i have to like correct all of her assumptions about gay women in sports um no yeah i, I just love sports at such an early age like i I played everything like year round. We're talking when I was like, you know, five, six years old. Like I remember getting my first softball glove and I slept with it for like a year and a half. I like now. basically spooned my softball glove. Are we in a Tom Hanks movie? <laughs> That's like, amazing. I was just obsessed. Like I was like, had like sticker albums and, uh, you know, I've kept all my baseball and football and like hockey oh, cards. They're, they're, they were at my parents' house, but then my parents retired to Florida and they're like, could you get your crap out of the house? And I'm like, well... I guess I'm in my 30s. I should take it now. <laughs> uh, but now it's literally under my adult bed. Amazing. 
because I live in a small apartment. I was like, I guess I'll put it back under now my adult bed. Sure, sure. (laughs) Like, will I ever grow up? Although, how often do we refer to our beds as adult beds? (laughs) I I think that was the first time. Now I will be keeping things under my adult bed. <laughs> Welcome, madam, to my adult bed. <laughs> Super creepy. Later on, this is my senior bed. Super creepy. <laughs> I've gone back to senior bunk beds. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay, Marge. Uh, I keep stuff under my senior bed. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and so, and was that something that you're... Like, I'm, because I don't have kids, too, I'm yeah. interested in child development and and, and like how how our enthusiasm is bred like because my dad is a huge sports guy and he definitely coached sports when when he was uh, also teaching in uh, high school and but like he never i don't know i don't ever remember other than cycling for me yeah i don't remember any of his kind of enthusiasm yeah well it just, both it didn't i didn't really pick up on that necessarily i think you know my i have an older sister and a twin sister and my older sister was like the academic like super academic and my parents are um my mom's a teacher and my dad is just like a super smart interesting random dude and uh he's also a lunatic uh-huh. and uh so with tara She's literally, she is her PhD. Like she knew at a very early age, we always say she was four going on 40. Yeah. So she always took like the academic route, you know, and I, you know, well, I like to think of myself as a a smart person as well, but I took like the sports route. Like I just only have one. Yeah. Yeah. I can only, you can be dumb as rocks or good (laughs) in the outfield. Um, but I was just, I became like the sporto crazy and my dad played a lot of sports and my mom also loved sports. And so they were the type of parroting that was like, if you were in the house more than five minutes, they're like, go out and play something like get out there. And they were always doing activities and we were always such an active family. So I think... Um, what about your twin, did you say? Yeah, she's a runner. She's okay. done like five marathons. Right. Yeah, it's insane. I, I, when I run, I think, how quickly can I stop? I hate it. Yeah, I hated it forever. And then somewhere, I don't even know why, but all of a sudden, I think I was like tired of working out inside. Yeah. And I was hiking because I live, you know, yeah. so close to Griffith Park. And I think there was some part of me that was like, how? Maybe I can do this after all. Because I did have the experience of of exactly that. Like, boy, this is not going to last more than a couple minutes. Like, this is a thing where, and even as a young person, like being fairly athletic in um, definitely grade school and junior high. And then by high school, I was, I just either wanted to ride my bike outside of school and then just do like theater and dance and all that kind of stuff. I like avoided sports in in high school. Also, I was like weirdly sort of, I think I was that snob that was like uh, sports teams. Like I associated with like football and cheerleaders. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like weird and isolated about that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I, then all of a sudden I went through like a two year span where like I was just running and I loved it. And I felt like I was, I felt powerful in a yeah. way that I don't think any other sport has made me feel. I felt yeah. like I did have that sort of sense of endurance yeah. that I feel like I was more impatient about when I was younger. Like running was like 50 yeah. yard dash. I would like win that every time yeah. because then it was done. Yeah, exactly. But I had no interest in like running laps around the, you know what I mean? It's I interesting that. running. I I have to say like I run, but I run so I can be fit for like other sports I play or yeah. something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
I'll play like two on two basketball or something and be like out of breath and be like, shit, I got to run like three times next week so I can just be better at something else. Yeah. But running, I understand like when you're in the zone and you're running and I never, I cap off at like three, four miles. Like after that, I'm like, I'm going to shoot some, I'm going to, no, I I just find no real pleasure in it, but I get it. Like I get it when, you know, like there isn't any activity thing. It's the quickest thing you can do to make you feel, you, you feel better immediately. Right. And also, you feel fit immediately. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can do half hour on the elliptical, bored out of my mind, yeah. and then go, yeah, I worked out. But even if you just run for 20 minutes, you just do a couple miles, you just you just feel like, like you feel so much better. I agree. And I think what, what ended up happening for me was um, I was running, and then it was kind of doing the thing that like some people argue is a myth and some people argue like is absolutely physiologically true, which is that I was just achy. I mean, I just yeah. was, you know, I, yeah. I, I, cause I danced so much when I was in high school, I used to get water on the knee real bad. What kind of so, dance? Just like modern dance. Okay. Like, I love know, dancing. Whatever. Yeah. I, I also do. It was definitely but I mean, like, club dance. Yeah. I mean, it was, I'm, it was, I I'd be world's worst modern cool. dancer. <laughs> I mean, I would Listen, be a, a I'm not trainer. I was any good. I just, but that's so cool though. That that's how you, that's that what you did. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was more theater. Like I, at some point I had to make the choice cause they were at the same period. Right. And I had to choose theater, but, um, and I'm not a great dancer, but I did really enjoy it. And, um, and so I started to feel like I did feel the sort of like impact of my feet hitting the pavement, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so then I switched back to like, cause I've been doing kind of kickboxing stuff and then I switched over to guys i love anybody who doesn't give a shit about this get ready because this could go on forever we could talk about this but um then i was like doing kind of boot campy stuff but yeah that was definitely like i'm not enjoying this yeah this is not the same feeling as me running out yeah and then i got and then one time i was doing a uh a boot camp class and they were like save your energy for the last 20 minutes you're gonna we're gonna spin and I was like, spinning? Ugh, yeah. Indoor cycling? Why do people even do that? Yeah. Did it that one time and was like, yeah. oh, I'm not doing boot camp anymore. I just want to do yeah. this. I and love did that spinning. for like a year. And then I bought a bike and now I can't stand spinning. Oh so my now God. Yeah. For the last yeah. like three years, I have to just do hill work. Yes. Because now all of that, that year of like spinning five days a week, yeah. I still hear all of the great like trainers in my mind yeah. when I'm on a hill going like, do you got to make it through this song? Yeah. You know, and, and, but the hill work is the opposite of elliptical because it is the sort of feeling of like, oh, I have, like, I, like, if I'm on you flat, have to. Yeah. it's difficult for me to stay really engaged the way you are when yeah. you're running. Yeah. But if I'm on a hill, like, I don't have a choice. Yeah. I have to continue going. You up. have to get up there. And that, so for me, that's become the feeling of running where, like, within yeah. a couple of miles, I'm yeah. panting and I'm like, I am, um, you know, that's awesome. I'm amazing. Yeah. And so much better for your body. It is better for yeah. your body. Yeah. My, um, or at least for my body. I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I mean, running is just technically horrible, really. For well, your, some people for your are body. like, that's a myth. It's yeah. actually not. We're made to run. That's why we made those barefoot running shoes. Like those people who are like, I human, humans I can't were meant even to do run. that. When I see people when those like elf like water, like toad things, I just look at them. I'm like, I, you know, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm like the least judgy person ever, but I do look at that. I'm like, you, that looks like the most ridiculous thing you could possibly do with your life. Uh, but like, you People know, but, but I also though. get into, I really get into like, you know, 
obsession with like sports paraphernalia. So I'm like, well, if that's their thing, so knock yourself out. It just totally. looks like ridic- it looks so ridiculous to me. It makes me disagree. laugh every time. I think it's one of those things where I feel like everyone feels that way until they get a pair and decide it's for yeah. them. Yeah. And then they become converts like anything else where they're I like, will I will never take person- my 11 wide foot and I- shove it into an aqua sock. <laughs> I don't see it happening for me either, but I feel like everyone I know who you, who uses them. Yeah. I know a co- like maybe three people who were like swear by them. Yeah. Definitely. We're also like, I know I thought they were the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. Like yes. there's a sort of yeah. apology attached. It's to just being funny. Like, like it just things make me chuckle. Like I live, I live, we live very close. I live right by, uh, I live right in Silver Lake and I, uh, run a lot, uh, run a lot around the res and you know, it's just one loop is just like two miles. Right. And you're in still in like the middle of the city. Yeah. And yet I see people running, uh, with like those power water packs. <laughs> oh God, guys. Sorry. No one calls my home phone. No one has my home phone number. I don't Until know why now. anyone's calling my home phone. I don't know why they're not. And why don't I just choke you with this cord? While I'm at it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't account for that guys. I apologize for every, every, for everybody. Let's call them back and be like, what is your problem? Um, I'm sorry that I interrupted you when you were making oh, no, your loop just around like the this... res. I'm surprised I've never seen you because I've been, well, I, I've, lately I've been doing that loop. Yeah, the res is awesome. Uh, but you'll see like. So we're saying that like we're Indians off of yes, reservations. Yes, that's true. Res, uh, reservoir. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll run or like power walk with those, like it looks like a jet pack with like 14 bottles of water strapped around them. I'm like, there's, there's, there's a bubbler or what do you call these people fountain i always i always have like new england words uh like every 10 feet like there's access to water we call like water fountains bubblers i've never heard that yeah i say bubbler then i'm like oh wait no one knows what i'm talking about yeah and so like that makes me laugh too i'm like you're not like we're not in like the high mountain region doing 50 miles of extreme also like i feel like if i start riding and i'm too dehydrated and i find myself guzzling water like that that slows you down fast like you don't feel great when you're sloshing around because you've had too much water so you kind of don't yeah i don't know how much you can put away comfortably yeah it just even if you're on a further like a longer it makes me laugh immediately i'm like where are you going buddy i mean (laughs) We're in the middle of the city still. Like, there's just, it's so funny to me. Strike at any time. That's true. You're that's to have true. water in your car. So Very you should probably true. have like a fraction of that on your body. But I do get the, the indoor cycling and the biking because um, I dated a woman for a couple years. It's, we just broke up like a, whatever, wherever in the fall. Uh, I call her my ex-girlfriend, future wife. And uh, <laughs> she got, she got into cycling when we first started dating and, uh, and then just became like this avid super cycler. I don't know if that's a word, but we just make one. And uh, right. she did the AIDS ride and she does all this long distance cycling. But when she used to come, she lives in San Francisco. When she used to come visit me, she'd have to keep training. So she's like, oh, I'll do back to back spin classes. So that's how I started taking spin classes. I was like, I'll take a spin class, whatever. And I really enjoy it. Not back to back. One is like plenty. Yeah. But she's like, I don't understand. Like, she's like, why people could just take spin classes and not get on a bike and go outside. I'm like, well, I totally get it. But there is this fear because I'm not like a great cyclist that in L.A., no one is paying attention. I was like, I'm going to die. Do you feel like you're taking your life in your own hands? Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, 
I, these guys know I actually had a bike accident a couple of years ago. No, a year ago, a year and a half ago. And, um, that definitely, because I was, when I was it's working scary. at Post Live, I was cycling to and from work. Oh, wow. And, uh, and that was in Beverly Hills. And that definitely, um, was a different feeling. I, I've kind of, since that happened and I left HuffPost Live, I've just gone back to like, I'm really focusing on areas where I'm just not going to interact with cars that much. Okay. You know, All right. Well, of, that's good. Yeah. I, because, because I don't love like full sun, hot day cycling anyway. Yeah. I tend to focus on like early mornings, like places where there aren't that many cars. Yeah. You have to be, you have or, to be strategic. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also getting like, I've got, I get into Jags where like I, I'm really into the same area and I sort of like the consistency of that. And then I go through impatient Jags where I, I realize I'm not interested in cycling and I think it's out of boredom of the area. Yeah. So, and I've kind of went through that period this last couple of months. So I've, like very recently I've just been like extending myself out and like basically all of the hills, all of the Hollywood Hills. Now I've been yeah. like, now I'm going to ride Whitley Heights today. Next time I'm ah, going to ride cool. Beverly Hills. I went all the way out to Mandeville Canyon, which Where's is that? like kind of near, it's like the very end of sunset before it becomes the one. Oh, wow. Um, I have this bike, a bike book about biking in LA and stuff. Cool. And it's this very, um, slow, steady uphill that ends in a dead end. I think it's like the longest dead end street in wow. Los Angeles. Um, so it's very, very bike friendly in the sense that you're just not getting a lot of through traffic. Like yeah. if people are going up that street. It's cause they're going, cause they live in that neighborhood. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, people and are just nice not aware. It's canyon cause yeah. it's shady. Cause I get real like cranky yeah. about, well, we have in the sun. real white, thin, pale skin. Yeah. I just don't care for it. I, I mean, put I on like skin, 80 now care. and Oh yeah. Put hats on. Oh yeah. Like oh, I've totally become like an old Irish fair skinned lady. Hundred percent same. And let me uh up the ante and say that I now have to ride with a uh like a pocket square because um <laughs> when I'm like breathing and yeah. panting in the kind of stuff that I'm allergic to, I just have like a constant nose trickle. <laughs> And there's no, a, a, a fucking Kleenex turns to tatters, tatters in one second. You know, if you're out for an hour on tatters, your bike. Tatters, Kleenex make a good Kleenex. If you're out for an Kleenex, hour on your yeah. bike, you can't have like yeah. some like, yeah. you know, it just becomes nothing. Yeah. So I have like a like So a now hanky. you're a, gra- you're like a grandfather. A, like a hanky that I daub. I'll be like in the middle of like a tough hill. I thought you like, were going to say like, like <gasps> dabbing my nose. <laughs> I thought you were going to say one of those like. Uh, Asian lady, like full. (laughs) There are a couple of people who bike on the river who wear kind of face masks like that. Yeah. And I'm always like, oh, I don't know how that like that doesn't. I love that you don't care and that you're just willing to go there. But like, are you that worried? If you're that worried about particulates, like I'm surprised you're biking along the L.A. River along the five at all. Yeah. And not in a bubble like and not in a bubble. But my new not to be confused with a place to get water in New England. No. Um, (laughs) But. Now, my new theory is that they are doing that because uh, I get a lot of gnats in my mouth when I'm riding on the river. Oh, I think maybe it's a now. Is there water in that river yet? Yeah. There is. It's back, right? Yeah, because it was closed forever. We had a good rain, um, but you know what? Even when it's even when it's been pretty dry, there's usually still some. Didn't they open it up in the last like year for like kayaking and stuff? Wasn't it like? Totally closed off, and now it's open. Or am I making that up? Well, the bike path has been open for a handful of years. No, I mean like just the river, the river itself. Yeah, Uh, it must be legal because there are kayaks out there. But I just that to me is like I don't know. I'm gonna kayak that body of water. I don't. It can't be clean. 
No. I mean, I think it's okay for the water life because it is kind yeah. of a bird sanctuary kind yeah. of thing. But I guess it can't be that much of a sanctuary if people can kayak there now. <laughs> Um, we're destroying everything with our kayak sanctuary yeah but having said that i do love a kayak yeah do you like kayaking i love kayaking i just actually came back from austin i was doing the moon tower comedy festival there and i was super bummed because i didn't get to kayak because now every time i go to austin i kayak that's what i've heard austin is great it's awesome and and the good thing is like you can make it um like floaty kayak like have a beer where you could get like a seriously good workout in yeah and people are paddle boarding like it's such a cool city that you can have all this city life. And then I was staying at the Radisson and behind the Radisson is this gorgeous trail right along the river. So I ran every practically every day and you're running along the river and there's, you can kayak right there. It's amazing. That's fantastic. I love that freaking city so much. It's a great city. Did you have fun at the festival? I did it. So much fun. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great city. I was crushed when we weren't immediately asked back. But we have like, I have a big improv group. Oh. So it gets a little tricky. That's hard. It's not like a one or it becomes like, can you fly seven people out? Yeah. Yeah. And they were, the the venues they made like all in sort of, um, right kind of smack in downtown, but like the, uh, a lot of them were bars, so it, it would be hard for improv. It was hard for stand-up. Some of the venues were not. It was just kind of like, hey, we're doing a show. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the cool thing is they they made all the venues so close to each other so you could bop from show to show, but they weren't comedy venues. You know what I mean? You were right. still like, there's one place called the Speakeasy where you're like, it felt like two different shows, like the people right around the stage and then all the way down to the end of the bar. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, Bridgetown but is, improv- can be a little bit like that. Yeah. But I would think improv, you would really, you know, stand up, you can sort of get away with that. But improv, you need yeah, people we listening. Like a, and then we became like, we were in like a very kind of formal theater and it was yeah. sort of far from yeah. where everything else was. Yeah. So. Yeah. But the crowds were great. Uh, the shows were great. Um, my only little asterisk is there needed to be more ladies. But that's what I say anytime I perform. I'm like, how about it's not 1950? Uh, but that, that's my only thing. But the women that were there were, you know, phenomenal. So, uh, but I'm very pro obsessed with like, let's get more ladies in basically every profession. But it's like, I get really obsessed with like the world of standup because I, I'm so protective of standup that I'm like, there should be 8,000 more women. Yeah. That immediately (laughs) dispels the idea that, you know, that there's like this innate competitiveness because, because there is sort of like, yeah, this is a lineup. Well, we already have a girl on the show. Like, oh, we it's have pathetic. Seven I hate we it. We already have a girl, so we can't really. Oh, like, I hate it so much. Yeah, it drives persists. me insane. No, I mean, listen, there's always going to be bad apples, but I think female stand up comics are insanely supportive of each other. And yeah, there's competition, but when I see another female comic, I'm like, that's not my competition. I always think the competition is, well, the crowd. I've got to do, I got to deal with the crowd, sure, not the other sure. performers, you know, yeah. like. You know, but uh, there should be 8,000 more opportunities for females because um, the female comics, like, and it's not just because, like, I love male male comics. I love dudes. I'm not like, you know, so I think there's, like, a really fun mix. But a a fun mix isn't 11 men and one woman or, like, 10 and two. Right. And I do, there's two, like, female, there's a bunch of, like, female shows at festivals and... Mm. And you're like, well, that's super great because you can showcase all these women, but it should just be like a show. Yeah, that's hard for, I think that's hard for us 
that's hard for us. Yeah. That, I mean, as being yeah. as a festival producer, that's hard yeah. for us because every year somebody is like, you know, I think um, this company would love to sponsor you if you had like an all women night or an all yeah. gay night or yeah. an all this night. And that's the that's the thing we bump up against the whole time is yeah. like, and especially you know, I do produce it with two guys, yeah. and they are, I would say, they're feminists, absolutely. Yeah. And they're well, there's tons of women at the sketch and, fest. Yeah, and I yeah. think we're get, we've gotten to the point where, yeah. like, the the good news was, you know, we do our dozens program, which yeah. we did, and I we either had like the exact same amount, or we might have had more women. Yeah, it was like, like, it was awesome. Was I like, noticed that. I was like, how cool. There's so many women. That yeah. was awesome. And it did, and it's not a choice where you're like, well, let's pick this less funny woman because yeah. she's a woman I yeah. mean we're not even we're not doing like yeah. that sort of you know yeah. that sort of choosing and but there I've I've struggled with that too is like when I get asked to do yeah. you know an all woman show yeah. I feel real mixed about it I'm yeah. one, on one hand I'm like yeah I do too it's like it. yeah the other, yeah because like, ah. yeah. they're always my favorite shows when I did the moon tower I guess this is the third year I did it first year and this year um, there was only one, they called it Shebang, which is ridiculous, but, um, there was, well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Sometimes there's like oh. a weird inherent sexism to the names. It's even so ridiculous. But like the bookers of the fest are like super cool. So I think it's like more of them joking around than anything. Yeah. Cause they're really support. They're supportive of women. And, uh, um, but it was one show sold out and it got like the best reviews of the festival. I mean, it was like heavy hitters, you know? And so now coming back, uh, two years later, to the third one, there were three shows of all women and they were all like, you know, phenomenal shows. So, um, but you know, then I did a show with 10 men and me, you know what I mean? But they don't call it like, you know, sausage fast, you know, <laughs> uh, it's just a show, you know, par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's just like a show, you yeah. know, and there were shows with just dudes and it was just a show, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you, 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 you keep thinking like, oh, all right, we're coming further and further along. But for me, it just needs to be on fast forward. But the one thing I have learned, and, and I think festivals, um, you know, more often than not do a good job of, you know, booking a fair amount of women. But um, on the road, what I've noticed is it's 1950. Yeah, that's a whole it's, different. It's like a it's like a, it's like you have two careers. It's yeah. like you have the career of like the savvy yeah. sort of hipster kind of you know that whole thing yeah like the coastal audiences yeah and then you have the career of like you're on the road yeah it's a totally different ball of wax. it's uh, it's un it's like beg borrowing and stealing to get a female headliner it's unreal yeah. i'm just like this is insane like you know you work so hard you get all these credits and you're like oh it's so great you feel great you know you're like all right it's getting better and better you sit like i'm insanely anal like goal all right this is my next goal this is my next goal because you only have yourself to motivate you you know but see and it feels like sports probably helps yeah. you so much with that oh, because yes. i'm so much more like yeah. hippy dippy about it i'm like well i don't know if i set goals i might <laughs> miss like an opportunity like i didn't think i was gonna want to do this but i really learned from it. <laughs> like i'm really unfocused yeah. when it yeah. comes to like i mean i feel yeah. like i'm ambitious but with like it's yeah. sort of broad ambition that yeah. needs to be kind of honed. Yeah, I think with stand up, there's, you know, there's really kind of specific. Like you can really you do like okay, or Conan or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a great yeah. point. That's a great point. But um, but uh, like you know, and so you you have these credits, and then you look at all these comedy clubs, and we're talking like three three women a year, maybe sometimes two women a year, yeah. a year. And the so dudes, their, their credits are like the chuckle hot, and you're like, but I um like. And just, I think overall, again, I think you're going to find this 
pretty much in every career. Um, and it is getting better in comedy, but I still feel like it's, you know, we're 20, 30 years behind the times. It's unbelievable. It really is. I'm, sh- I'm literally like, I was shocked in these last couple of years. So I'm reached a level. I'm like, okay, now I'm headlining. And you're like, this is fantastic. And then you're out there. You're like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. This is interesting. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But, you know, you've got to, you know, you do it. And I've met like, I've I've had the world's best like experiences with people on the road. I've met like the nicest freaking people in the universe. Yeah, that's really good to hear. I mean, the traveling, you know, it's exhausting. It's brutal. But. Um, you just feel like you're fucking Susan B. Anthony. You know, you're like, this is crazy. If yeah. it, why do why do in 2014 I feel like I'm a pioneer? I know, <laughs> I know, so I know. There's still plenty. Well, there and there is still like, and it's true. It's interesting because it's that it's that it's that weird in between pocket. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but where. You know, for example, like I'll, I'll use my my cousin Julian because I was thinking about him as you were talking about your love of softball because he was a huge, huge softball player when he was a she uh, growing up. Oh in, no way! Uh, in Phoenix, which is where I'm from, Arizona, um, and uh, I'm from Tucson, but Julian's from Phoenix, and um, so he's very aware that he's a pioneer being trans. Yeah, because because he is because that's the world that we live yeah. in. Yeah. And there's something about that, like, there's the sort of, like, establishment, and then there's the pioneers, and then there's the stuff that's kind of, and I'm not saying it's in between, like, in a real way, because you really are a pioneer, but, like, you're not supposed to feel like a pioneer No, right I now. just want to do stand-up so and <laughs> joke around it's and get back tricky. on a plane. Yeah, you know it's what crazy. I mean? Because you're not, because yeah. it, it feels like, it's that thing, I, I think I talked about it with, with Casey Wilson, which is that word feminism, or this idea that, like, there's something like we're supposed to not care anymore. We're supposed yeah. to feel like we made it, everybody. Yeah. We made it. Now it's LGBT, you yeah. know, that's now that they're the pioneers in the sort of gender yeah. definition of it all. Yeah. But like as ladies, we've made it. Like we're good. Hell and we no. ha't. Hell no. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's this it's a yeah. it's a weird floating in between. It is. Where, it's, it is. Know. It's super interesting. I find it all really interesting. And the gay stuff is like when I'm on the road. I, I get asked this all the time. It's like, how is it hard to be? I hate when people say like gay comic. It makes me lose my mind. I'm like, I am a comic and I happen to be gay. You know, that just infers that like you're going to get an hour show of gay, 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 gay. Hey, I feel like it's do. like the least interesting part of myself. But anyway, people are obsessed with it. So they're like, you know, what have like, what is it like to be, you know, a gay comic or being on the road, you know, talking about being gay. And, uh, it's seriously not even remotely a problem. What's right. 10 times harder is being a woman. Yeah. To, I mean, it's not, it's not even close. I call it gay light. You know what I mean? So if I do an hour, you know, I'll reference, you know, being gay a couple of times in a relationship what, thing and, you know, and then you have to, 99% of the crowd is straight. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you have to just be relatable, relatable as a human. Well, that's, t- but that's tough too, because that brings up the idea of, you know, at least you're acknowledging, like, at least you're being a voice for the, whatever you want to call it, the gay community. But, like, yeah. at least it's tough because you don't want to, like, why should you have to make all your material about being gay? But I also feel like there's not, like, a preponderance of gay comic, yeah. female gay comics. Yeah. So then there's there's this sort of sense, too. I mean, I, I've just, I've, I just have, I know I have gay women friends who, like, who do sort of love you because you're out and you're funny and you're yeah. great and and part of 
what I think people like about comedy is that yearning to laugh at common experiences. Oh, for so sure. So then it becomes like, help me laugh about like yeah. my gay experience. Yeah, yeah, Make yeah. Make jokes yeah. about that. Yeah, like, yeah. But I'm a, also a person who just yeah. wants to be able to be on the road and like, have, yeah. you know, Well, I do about. think, I do get, um, I do think at the end of the day, when I'm in Bumbleweed, it's super important to talk about gay stuff. Yeah. I I do feel a responsibility. Also, like, you know, every straight comic right they they talk about their boyfriends and girlfriends right or husbands or wives or whatever it's a huge part of their life obviously so and you know when i'm i'm not dating anyone now but you know like when i was dating past girlfriends like all kinds of funny stuff happens like it's such a like a huge um well to draw from you know so i just so I just try to set it like now nah, my girlfriend now nah, whatever all right you know now we're back and now and then it just becomes a human experience you know what I mean so I'm never uh you know dwelling on like oh I'm gay like I'm like all right I'm gay let's just move on like who gives a shit you right. know but I always try to slip in at least one gay marriage joke because that right. is something I get fired up about I'm like. I'll go, you know, whatever state I'm in, I'm like, you'll get there. I was like, but if some, you know, like I look around and I'm like, but you guys should vote and not be assholes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I do That's get, great. I do get moments it of that. It feels like you're, you really are finding a great balance, which is yeah. sort of the goal for yeah. all of us. Like, yeah. regardless of what our. It wasn't always like that. Maybe. There's a lot of, you know, you know, creatively, it's like, you know, it's like going on. For you know, fourteen years of doing stand up, in the first seven or eight years, I never spoke about being gay because I could barely figure out what the hell I was doing on stage. You know what I mean? It was terrifying. Sure, it was terrifying to be a comic. It wasn't. Oh God, I can't even. And then you're like, all right, you know, at some point, I think it just made it just made perfect sense to talk be talking about being gay because it was this whole part of my life that just felt like I couldn't talk about it, and then I got super bored. And it was New York City and it's so gay and it was great. You know what I mean? I'm like, but you know, it just, uh, you know, creatively you just want to talk about different things at at different times. So that just kind of happened like organically. uh, That makes perfect sense. Well, uh, and going back to kind of what, well, first of all, let me just ask where in New England were you a teenager? Well, my family's from New York. My dad's from Brooklyn. Mom's from Long Island. So we were all born in uh, Long Island, they lived in New York City for a long time, but then when they started popping out kids, they, you know, hit the burbs. Uh, but then we moved to Rhode Island when I was 12, when I was just starting seventh grade. So I'm in love with Rhode Island. I love Rhode Island so much. So I always say New York City and Rhode Island are like home. And uh, and I had a wonderful, uh, you know, high junior high, high school. I was very lucky. Like they, um, but so Rhode Island and then, you know, we were in and of like, then I got to know New England. We were big campers, <laughs> crazy fully camping. So then we were in Maine and New Hampshire and Connecticut, you know, and I had family in Connecticut. And, and really so like I love New England. Just do some killer oh, camping. I love New England. Yeah. Love New England. Yeah, yeah. I wish I spent more time there. I really only spent, I honestly, the most, in a, in a weird way, the most concentrated time I've spent in New England was when I was really young like maybe fifth and sixth grade my best friend meredith's family moved to pittsfield massachusetts and my parents looking back now i'm like really impressed that um they were like you know what we yes you can fly to holy crap by yourself when you were a little kid because like the you know the yeah the flight attendants would like take care of you and yeah um and uh and you can go stay with her for uh you know a few weeks in the summer that's adorable yeah so i went out and spent two different um trips with her 
And, and yeah, and like the amount, the thing that I'm envious about being from Arizona where, you know, and it's so funny because I identify as such a frontier person, like yeah. in a way I never even understood until recently. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm like, listen, I really get the frontier spirit, guys. Like, speaking of being a pioneer. There's um, nothing funnier than the phrase frontier spirit. I know. Oh it's so weird. That's so funny. There's reasons behind that that I won't bore you with, but th- p- part of it involves, and I, I was talking about this before, but I was watching um, the PBS, like pre, kind of pre reality shows in some ways, because um, they were like, they started like 15 years ago or something. Um, but they did like Colonial House and Frontier House ah. and 1900s House and Manor House. They did all these like vol- yeah. volunteers come in and have to live as they did in those days. Oh my God. And Colonial House was fascinating and they did that in Mar- in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to live like, you know, the colonists when yeah. they first arrived in America. And then Manor House is very Downton Abbey, very Downton Abbey, pre-Downton I have Abbey. to watch these. Like these programs sound fascinating. It, they're pre- pretty great yeah but then they did one called frontier house and it's these uh three families that had to live on tracts of land like in the in montana and you know make their way in that way yeah and for sure i had like such an emotional response to that i was like this is what the west is all about (laughs) you know you gotta be you gotta be made a pretty Metal to uh, survive out there in the uh, beautiful windy, American windy, West, windy like, and sandy. So surprised! Wow. Like I shouldn't have been that surprised when my dad writes books about ghost towns and mining camps, and I did so much road tripping with him, like in That's the American fascinating. West, which is great. But um, but I did not know I was going to have that. I mean, I had yeah. a really emotional response. I was like, "These are my people. These wow. are my people." You guys, she's tearing up right now. It's she's so dumb. It's so dumb. But um, but I did envy. Like what I love about New England is this sort of like popping from state to state and stuff like that. Like in you, like, you can get you really anywhere in like twenty minutes if you're gonna <laughs> yeah. you're gonna leave your home yeah. state in the West. Yeah, you gotta oh, forget it. it. Opposed to like yeah. it felt like like oh we just went to Lake Champlain in Vermont for the afternoon and yeah. then drove back to Massachusetts. Yeah. like I was so wowed by that. It's and it's so beautiful. It's, it's such so a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. And uh, yeah, I loved growing up there. It was awesome. And then when we moved, we moved to like. It's funny to say Southern Rhode Island because it's, you know, a poachers jam, but uh, right by University of Rhode Island. So you're right on the ocean. So you just all of a sudden we're like, you know, it's pretty traumatic, like moving when you're like 12. You know, it was really tough for my older sister because she was going into her sophomore year of high school. Yeah, that's rough. But we all agreed it was the best family move ever because we got the beach. And then we just now I'm the big, like a huge beach. Like I just, I can't stop. And you know when really? people are like, you move yeah. to LA and they're like, oh, you go to the beach. And everyone's like the big joke. It's like, no, I go to the beach. You really do? Yeah. Where do you go? Well, now that I live on the east side. Stalkers, listen up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, here's the direct route I take. Um, <laughs> no, it's just too hard to get to uh, Santa Monica and Venice. It's not like my favorite. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's not my favorite thing. That's, to me, that's like the cliche yeah Cal- southern california beach that i'm not into i'm not but like, into get that. me up to yeah get me so canyony ruggedy yeah so i'll either go up to like you know malibu north or yeah. what we've been doing i always say we i've my twin sister lives like five blocks away from me and friends will just jump in the car and we'll go to manhattan beach i've got one of those like easy passes now that that you can shoot down on the 110 yeah yeah and i'm literally in manhattan beach in like 25 minutes yeah, it's insane manhattan beach. i haven't really spent that much time it's down there so beautiful that area and I what i do there. love is that um you know a lot of beaches are like 
kind of isolating for like food and walking around whatever like it's like this town you grab your sandwich and then you're on the like it's so and what are you doing on i the just beach? turned into my mother like it's, I, I, it's a, a very access to food and bathrooms um but yeah like it's i just are you love going it. down there and like because because now I've just I, it seems like you and I are both fairly active yes. leisure people. Yeah. But are you also like I have to do something. I can't just lie on the towel for hours. Also, you're Irish and you. But have uh, Irish yeah, I bring huge umbrella is the key. Yeah. Like I have to have we bring stuff. Like when we go down there, you're staying yeah. for like seven eight hours. But uh, like I feel like where I'm most likely to do the activity that people enjoy doing on the beach is inside in a convention hall, like. <laughs> In like a corner where I literally have nothing else to do yeah. but read a book yeah. or do a crossword. If I'm on a beach, I don't want to read a book. I feel like I need to be yeah. engaged with the environment. See, I'll, I usually me. do the opposite. Like I'll go for a run or something like that, especially if my sister's there because she'll make me. Uh, but I could sit on a beach chair and read and read like i'll bring like eighty thousand things that i st- have not read the, the week before and i could stay there for 10 hours God, i wish i had that yeah. i don't because th- i there in no way am i yeah. like i don't know how you like you people are stupid i don't know yeah. why the machine in my brain yeah will not allow that to happen i just get so antsy i become yeah. like uh my stupid wonderful amazing new dog which yeah. is like i'll get real pacey i'll just yeah. get into that like oh, yeah right, i read a chapter now i'm gonna think about that chapter while i yeah dot dot, dot. yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah snorkel beach now, i can shut what? i can shut it down yeah. you know what places that, that calm people down that they can really get work done like coffee shops library i i can't i'm like what am i like I get super yeah. antsy in those settings. In the beach, I can just literally, I, I can truly like relax. I it's think crazy. And in, in flying. Yeah. Airplanes. I, for some reason, I, I can don't get, get a lot antsy. of, I yeah, can get a I lot of be, work done on a plane. I can bust out the laptop and be like, let's do this. Yeah. I, what I love about, uh, you know, cause I'm on an airplane, you know, every 20 minutes, uh, I gotta go actually. I've got a flight. Uh-huh. 20, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're doing this on an airplane. Is, is that clear to everyone? <laughs> um although i'm appalled well that's another that's another part i'm just always appalled at people's behaviors on flights but uh i can i literally like i do more probably reading on a flight than i do in my own apartment for sure it's just something that you just go i sit down and then i take out new yorker the week like i have those magazine subscriptions which i'm obsessed with and uh then i just boom just bang bang them out yeah while i'm dealing with people's Maybe I'm getting like more neurotic as I get older. I also have this huge fear that it really is happening when it's like you turn you turn into your mother. Oh, I do too. And my mom's super awesome, so I'll take a lot of her qualities. But one thing that I have a real fear is it's like really taking on her anxiety. Mm. And last yesterday, I was flew in from Austin last night, and I'm sitting down. Granted, I had a small gin hangover, and I was super exhausted because you do 85 shows and 29 podcasts. Uh, but something like a watch or a a video game was beeping and i (laughs) i almost became unglued i was sitting there in my seat i couldn't i couldn't get comfortable and i was like i'm turning to mary foley i'm turning to mary foley and then i was like trying to not be a crazy person so i turned to like my seat mate and i was like this this beeping is gonna drive me crazy just loud enough to see if someone in a passive aggressive way would turn it off 
Uh, I'm the same way, and these are these are my two theories that I want to uh, broach to you, yeah. and, and maybe you can embrace it with me, and we can go down this road together. Number one, you're just doing that activity a lot, and so when we have a thing oh, yeah. that that is not, that is very much around other people, and is also you being out of control, yeah, um, then you're going to be more anxious about the smaller things i think because yeah just that's why there are certain people who become these like expert travelers who have like i always wear this pashmina because it's soft on the skin <laughs> i always use this to like people who travel all the time because yeah. you create because you are being shuttled you know yeah. across the world into this in this environment where like the air is not great and the, you know there's yeah. plenty of things about traveling that aren't amazing yeah um that like i feel like you're allowed to sort of recognize when like those things that make it a little more uncomfortable are kind of coming yeah. against you. I think, and, and what goes hand in hand with that is I think that you would be as annoyed by that if you were 20 years younger. Yeah. If you were flying all the time. Sure. I think sure. That what I'm experiencing. And I think what a lot of people our age are experiencing is we start attributing things to age because society tells us to fair enough rather I'm sure than, yeah because when you're younger you're not thinking about like oh this is probably because i'm getting older you just don't think that way <laughs> yes and then you hit your 30s and i think that's when you kind of start thinking like i wonder if this is an age thing or if this is just a me thing or if this is a mom thing or what is the, you know what i mean yeah. you think in that way like categorically and yeah. and that's why when people say like i always used to roll my eyes when people were like age is just a state of mind i would be like oh, okay get you know my I back hurts I Come fuck it, yourself. yeah <laughs> But I'm starting to think like, yeah. oh, I think that might really be true because I find myself leaning on this idea of like, I guess I'm getting, I'm turning into my mom. Yeah. And really, I think, I think maybe that's like a, a thing that click switches over in your brain that you could decide to think or not think. Yeah. Um, it's just like a different exercise because when you're younger, your brain just those like the, the chemical and like the neurons and the paths aren't yeah. working that way. And so I'm, tr- I'm trying to so. get like, you know, I'm trying to get better about that. Like, you know what? I don't have yeah. to assume that I'm going down this road. It's of awareness. This. I yeah. can just decide that like, hey, you know, I get anxious on flights. I probably would have gotten anxious on flights when I was 16, too, if I was doing it as much as I I'm think that's a really now. good you know way to I mean? look at it. I always think at least... I think 90% of the battle is just being aware, you know, and if you're aware, you can choose other or you can choose to like, uh, how do I lower my stress? How do I lower my anxiety? Like I like, for instance, I just spent 10 days with um, my parents, Mary and Dick Foley. And <laughs> Mary, Mary and Dick are ridiculous. But my mom, like she, you know, she's now she's 78. She's going through like two cataracts. She's in the middle of these cataract surgeries and she's dialing up the anxiety. Right. But like she makes me laugh really hard because she dials up the anxiety with like minutia. And that's what I'm that's what I have to be very aware of. And like like it was it was getting a little bit dark. It was like Florida weather. So it just changes on a dime and it pours for like 10 seconds and then it's a super nice day. It's just we've they've been they've been doing this for 10 years. They know this it starts to get a little dark outside. My mom goes, oh, God. Oh, God. We got to close the windows. I'm like. No, 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 we don't, we don't have to close the windows. It's 80 degrees out. It's not, it's fine. Oh God, I hope it doesn't pour while we're eating lunch. I was like, well, we, we have a roof. Like we're indoor, like just, and I just thought to myself, oh my God, like I have to be careful. I have to be careful of this. Understood. You know what I mean? Understood. But as soon as I got back to LA last week, after being around Mary and Dick for 10 days, I called my friend Sarah and be like, she teaches meditation. I was like, I'm taking a class. 
And also, I signed up for a Zumba class. I was like, I need to, I need, I need to dance, to dance more, and to med- and to learn how to meditate. Because I was like, I, I seem, and I think it is. Maybe it's this construct of like, oh, you're getting older, you're going to do this and this. But after ten days, I was like, seeing your parents as adults, you're like, mm, mm, yeah, hey, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> Zumba. Zumba and meditation. I yeah, I love those two like quick <laughs> yep. fix. Yep. Kind of, you know, yeah. I'll tell you what's going to bust me right out of that is these two things. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Amazing. I could take a deep look at myself, but I could also do meditation <laughs> and Zumba. <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. So, and now getting back to... um beautiful Rhode Island, the beach and the, what, what, and I know that you had a great experience, um, in high school. Did you, uh, not to get all like, let's talk about being gay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to ask you yeah. because I do have a lot of younger listeners and we are living in a world where, you know, my, my like Julian's 10 years older than me, but he's like a brother. I mean, yeah, we're tight. And it's the only cousins on that side. And yeah. I, like would take a bullet for me. And I just love him so much. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, I almost wish I could call him my brother because I feel like yeah, that would make more sense to – like, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the way I should define that relationship because someone would be like, oh, cousin, that's nice that you're close. But it's like, eh, but like – But it's really – yeah, yeah. But, um, but he was not out. You know, he just wasn't. He yeah. wasn't out and he wasn't not out. He so he trans from straight. lady to man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but did he a, identify as, like, a gay lady or just – Yeah, identified as a lesbian. Okay. Um – all the way through, honestly, I think like basically all the way through his thirties. Oh, wow. And so he didn't, he didn't start, um, he didn't start like kind of, you know, metamorphosizing as I sometimes like to say, uh, until, you know, it's been years now, but it was like, it took a long time. I can't even, he had a lot of, he had a lot of like, there's not to say that like he definitely went through, and if you guys have listened to his episode, if you haven't, I highly I'm gonna recommend it. Listen to it immediately, great. yeah. Because um, he's he's super active now, and he does a lot of conferences so and stuff. Cool. And super active with LGBT like kids in Arizona, and teens in Arizona, which he's is on the cover such of a tough state. like the the gay mag of like the whole kind of metropolitan area. He was on the cover of so it cool. Like an That's awesome. And um, but you know, he was not he wasn't out, and he wasn't dating guys either. I think he went out with like a couple guys, and it was just like the biggest farce ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was just like very much living a fairly asexual life, you know, yeah. and he had, he was on a softball team and he did have, um, friends. He even had friends who I think were gay, but weren't also weren't, they weren't even really talking about it with yeah. each other. Yeah. So that sort of sense of community was kind of lost for him. Yeah. Um, but obviously you're a lot younger. I'm just wondering. Well, no, it was, it was very, very much. No one really talk about it. I mean, as far as the trans thing goes, that to me is mine like gay is hard enough yeah right yeah, yeah. but the trans oh, yeah, no. I is, mean, it's, is it feels otherworldly like absolutely. it's hard enough not to feel comfortable in your skin which i never felt comfortable in my skin but then not to feel comfortable in your skin on as a gender a level yeah i can't like I, level. I can't even like you know i never felt like i always felt like i was i was different but i never was like oh i'm gay i i mean i wish i had known like i when i tell you if i described my youth you're like you might be up for the gayest woman alive right <laughs> but but i had no, there was no there was no s- support there was no not even support no one spoke about anything it wasn't an option 
I mean, I had no idea like there was gay anything. The only like sort of inclination I had was through sports playing uh, my best friend in high school, Becky, who <clears throat> who was definitely gay. And I thought she was gay. We spent like every freaking moment together. We were the only freshmen that made like the varsity softball team. And then we were the only gay ones, which is the funniest thing ever. But freshman year, we were playing with like all these seniors and juniors. And I was left field and she was second base. And she was shagging the shortstop, who was a senior, who I, and I didn't know. And I was like, how could I have not known? And then I think later on, I thought, oh, I probably did know. And Becky and I have like, you know, I've had really a lot of conversations where after college, I sat her down, like just crying hysterically being like, I, I can't believe I wasn't there for you. I just, I didn't know there was no like, hey, this is an option. Right. Let's talk about it. I was like, I feel so horrible that I wasn't there to support you. I mean, we were really good friends and we would support each other in different ways, but she was shagging the shortstop and I had no idea. Yeah. I just wish that it could have been easier. Like it could have been, there could have been like a more of a dialogue, right. you know what I mean? But right. because I probably would have been a gay a lot sooner. Yeah. So you were dating boys? What were you da- like dating? I would say is a, a loose term. I would say like I had massive crushes on guys that were inaccessible and, um, and, and whenever they liked me, I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Uh, no, I've moved on. You right. know what I mean? Like it, but I didn't, I thought that was just, you know, and that was through college. I thought it was always, oh, I haven't met the right guy yet. Right. It was never like, oh, I might be gay. And so you didn't, so you didn't feel yourself being attracted to girls or you did, or you did, but there was no real. Well, now like- looking back for sure. But yeah. what it became was I would be fixated on, you know, I had this massive, massive crush on Gwen Holcomb, and she, and I'll I'll send her this podcast. She knows it because I've gotten drunk at two high school reunions <laughs> and told her. <laughs> um, and when I say drunk, I mean drinking enough for a small village. Being like, I tell you, I can't do it. Uh, but That's I was what those are for. That's yeah, what those are yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't at least tell someone that you you know had a massive crush on them in a high yeah. school reunion, you aren't doing it right. Exactly. Uh, but you know, and then. It was Kate Bardis in college. So I would just be fixated on this person, both blondes. I have a blonde, I have a blonde problem. Uh, that that they were like, you know, just really close friends or whatever. But then, you know, looking back, you're like, oh, I was insanely attracted to them. Yeah. So it was like kind of like this best friend thing or we'd all play sports together or whatever. But I didn't know it was a gay thing. I just was like, they're my favorite person. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um that's interesting to think about too on a level of like <clears throat> exactly what you're talking about, about social constructs, which is um, I feel like when you are creating those friendships and there's no, there's no other thing it could be like yeah. in terms of yeah. like what the, you know, yeah. the umbrella of what the world is seeing or, or, or saying, yeah. then there is something that's like that it isn't especially and I don't know if it's different with with men and women but obviously like hormones are different and yeah and, and pheromones are different and um uh and all that kind of stuff but like I think that there's like you can have a sexual identity that isn't matching up with like your the other feelings that you're having or the other stuff because yeah. there's just like a there is there's just like a wall like I had female friends that I think I was 
that I had real feelings for, but like, what, what would I like? There, there's no, yeah. Yeah. It you're was always fl- like, you're, you're supposed to act like this there's and no you're flirting. supposed to say, there's yeah, no flirtation. Yeah. There's no like, there's yeah. no sort of, yeah. there's no map for that at all. And, and so there's no, yeah, exactly. there's nothing. It is that feeling when like, if you have no chemistry with someone because that's just not even something anyone is even thinking about at all, then there's no way to really. So I feel like that happens to a lot of my friends when they do fall in love for the first time with someone of the same gender or whatever, that they're like, God, this is almost the first time that I felt like that there was a, an open door, like a hole I could peep through and sort of go, yeah. oh, so the way that you looked at me felt different than the way that I'm used to being looked oh, it's, at. It's mind boggling so once you realize it. The, yeah. It becomes so big so yeah. quickly once yeah. you sort of go, oh my God, this is a thing. Yeah. You know? Oh, it was crazy. Like, and you know, people just, I, I also think like how I was raised, like, I always say that like my parents only shagged twice on New Year's Eve and that's, you know, we were both all September babies, but I don't, they're very, they're not like super open. They're very conservative Irish Catholics, you know, like there was no conversations about like, you know, sex or making out with people. There's no, there was nothing like, it was like asexual. So I don't know, quite frankly, if, I, if the gay world was open to me that I would have even gone there. Yeah. It, I'm like such a late bloomer, you know? So it wasn't, it was a very like, we had this running joke. If you didn't bring home Jesus, like you were just going to get in trouble. You know what mm. I mean? So it was a very conservative household that way. Uh, but also we were just like, you know, joking around the nonstop, like laughter. So it wasn't like, oh God, you know what I mean? It was like a really loose, fun household. But when it came to sex or sexuality, oh God, like, you know, it was nothing more awkward and horrifying or whatever. So I think it took me a little longer on that scale that totally as well. That totally because sense. Becky knew when, you know what I mean? She knew right away. She said she knew when she was a little kid. I mean, she started like, you know, sleeping with uh, another lady when she was like, 13 or 14 you know but everyone has all these like experiences of um you know relationships and feelings and whether it's physical or not at you know i would say high school junior high whatever but i never did till i was such a like later in life that i always thought oh it's the wrong guy it's the wrong guy and then uh this lady i made out with this lady in new york city like my first year in new york city and i was like and how old were you I was, I was, it was late. I was like maybe 24, 25. No, maybe 23, 24, something like that. And what's late and what's early, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, for me, for it was know, like, it, it felt yeah. insanely yeah. late. You know and what I mean? She, and how did that manifest itself to you? Like what made her different? What made that be the, the, the crossing over point, if you will? Well, I had, I had a moment after I graduated college I knew I was going to move to New York City. I didn't really know what I was going to do, but my twin and my older sister were there, and I always wanted to live in New York. So I traveled out west because I was like, when I move to New York City, I'll have a dollar and I'll never leave, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a friend of mine went on this cross-country road trip, and we lived in Sun Valley, Idaho for almost a year. Well, so now you're getting me interested. Sounds like frontier talk it's to me. It's total like frontier, frontier spirit. Frontier spirit. <laughs> I, I really – I had never been west past Pittsburgh, right? So it was like – it was the best trip I've ever been on. It lasted a year. And, and then we'd go to Wyoming and Utah and San Francisco. Oh, it was the greatest thing I, ever, I, I did. But the whole point of this uh, long mirroring this is one night I was waiting tables – went back home with the both bartenders. We're all friends and we started having beers, you know, and then I was like, Oh, it was this part of the evening where I was like, Oh, wait a minute. 
like I'm supposed to like want to hook up with that dude and I wanted to hook up with the female bartender and I thought oh my god oh my god like I had a meltdown and then I just kind of like as a good you know Irish Catholic you just push it down and you keep drinking and uh so I didn't I shut it off I was like I'm not thinking about that then I moved to New York City into Cornelia Street on the West Village Besides my sisters, I don't think I met anyone straight. It was so gay. My Everyone became like, I was like, oh, it's super gay. It's super open. And then I went into my, my both my sisters were in grad school waiting tables during the day and going to grad school at night. And there was a lesbian bartender. I, I didn't know it. Like, that's how, stu- like, I just didn't know it. And she looked right at me. And she goes, oh, you're on our team. And I thought she meant like a, I, like a, I said, oh, like a, like, what do you mean team? <laughs> I was like, oh, do you guys, are you guys in a league? I had, and she looked at me and she goes, oh, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> That's amazing. What an amazing Yeah, story. I had no, I had no idea. And so you'll then, get it. and she goes, oh, you'll get it. And then I thought, does she mean like gay? And then maybe a year went by and I, and I met like, you know, this dude who had his, his sister and his sister was like super gay and I knew it. Now the gay became very it was just part of my life. And then one night, you know, a couple gin and tonics, uh, I was taking a cab to see a friend of mine play in a band and I full on pulled the cab over. She, I knew she was going to be at this restaurant. I was like, Hey, let's see this band, you know, and this is like, this is stuff I never do. Got her in the cab. We went to see the band. My sisters were there and, uh, I was like, Oh, I have to use the bathroom. Full on just went into the bathroom. She follows me, pushes me, into the bathroom stall we make out and i come out of the bathroom stall i was like i'm gay <laughs> and that was it so great i literally went into the bathroom and then i came so out i was like great. i'm gay <laughs> did you go back to the bartender listen yeah. i do i do, wink wink like five winks totally. i do play on your yeah, yeah. i literally was like oh i'm so gay oh that's yeah. fantastic yeah yeah oh my god so yeah it's it's it sounds ridiculous but that is literally exactly what happened I, it was like you, this moment of like yeah oh i get it oh, that's so great and i was never with a dude like ever again like yeah. i shagged a couple dudes and i was like nah and then she kissed me in the bathroom stall and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing on the planet. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely, I could not have been more delighted that the story involved a bartender saying, <laughs> oh, you're on our team. I was like, oh, you mean uh, the Yankees Mets is uh Think yeah, fast, yeah. Foley. What could she be talking about? Don't, don't come off like a dork. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah, Amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, somehow, this is like the fastest flying hour ever. <clears throat> We've already been talking for an hour. Holy crap, uh, we have. I do enjoy uh, a good game of MASH uh, <gasps> oh, at the end fun. of podcast. So um, I'm going to, but I like to customize the categories. Okay. So I'm going to start out with what feels uh, fairly obvious, which is um, as of tomorrow, uh, sort of Matrix style, you wake up with an expertise for three sports that you have no, that you that you don't have a real like you yeah. know, knowledge of, or that you at least wish you could be better at now. Okay. Well, tennis, I've always loved tennis and I'm pretty bad. Great. Um, so I put tennis up there. I would say, um, cause I've always loved hockey, but I'm horrible on ice skates. So like Perfect. I, ice hockey. Um, and Oh God, there's so many, uh, Ooh, I always thought it'd be really fun um, to uh, 
well no 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 because that's too difficult oh, that's too much um i'm like spinning through so many different I know, sports now I'm in so order to begin what the thing was that was too much oh uh, well horses terrify me but i always thought it would just be really fun to play polo oh yeah <laughs> Wow, you really went there. That's fantastic. I thought you were just going to be like horseback riding. Yeah, no, because I like... Take it to the next level and do polo. Um, I always thought that looked like really fun to be on like this like crazy animal and be playing a sport. Yeah. Um, but that's so... I forgot about so polo. Inex- it's so inaccessible and it's kind of a douchey, probably white, <laughs> white um, expensive ah. sport. All right, let's just... We'll keep it, we'll keep it basic. Um I always wish that I could do like like for like Olympic level. Um, I'm a, I always love uh, all the all the water sports, and I'm not like the strongest swimmer, so yeah. I, I I throw swimming in there. Yeah, I think that's great too. I um, that's another one that that feels almost otherworldly. Like yeah, this idea of somebody being able to to do that so quickly and like they go butterfly then the next lap is like freestyle then the next yeah. lap is like you know what do you call it when you go backwards um backstroke backstroke <laughs> <laughs> the most you guys the backwards name. the backwards stroke <laughs> it's amazing how they can do so many different like in one race yeah Oh, I know I couldn't pretty agree more. genius um okay second category is you have a vacation home uh, yes. anywhere uh, in the world uh, mm. definitely Spain I'm obsessed okay. with Spain never been want to go um oh anywhere in the world this is super exciting because this is like oh, my dream is to like yeah. have these houses and i'm always gonna pick the beach like i'm always gonna pick like you know what i mean so i have to say probably um somewhere near that caribbean water mm-hmm, that i mm-hmm. dream about so like like a oh i went to like um uh, St. John's one time for a wedding and it was super dreamy. So any like a, like the Virgin Isle Islands. Great. And then um I'd have to say like a like Australia, like somewhere on the beach in Australia would be amazing. Great. I've never been there but it looks pretty amazing. Uh I only have been to Melbourne but it was I apologize, Melbourne. But um <laughs> but it was uh it was great. Yeah. It was it's a trip because it's so much it reminds me so much of San Francisco that it really feels like I can't believe I just flew sixteen hours. Really? I kind of feel like I'm in San Francisco. No way. Like, like That's interesting. It's, but it's great. I mean yeah. it's wonderful. The food yeah. is great, the people were amazing. Yeah. yeah. It looks I can't fun. wait to go back to Australia and like actually see and do more. Um okay, next category will be uh you have a uh a friend from like fiction or literature or film like three people that are not real that you're like i wish that person was my buddy oh my god this is such a great question and no pressure because i know that it's like this is all off the cuff so i'm sure i was like from now i literally was like i could think about this for a week yeah Um, i should send these in advance but part of it is like the off the cuff of it all yeah or like historical figure Mm mm-hmm Okay. Absolutely. Well, I think I would. I think I would be best friends with Dorothy Parker. Great. Um, I would have loved to have hung out with that lady. Um, I was thinking about that the other day, and while I totally agree with you, 
I suddenly had this like sinking feeling like, I bet she was so moody. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't even know if that's true. But all of a sudden I was thinking about like, you know, yeah. artistic types in that time period and how different things were. Oh, and I'm I was like, sure I wonder she, she was moody. And I've never seen that. Like, I don't, I mean, I have read her writing and I guess I'm basing a little off that, but like I never saw, you know, the yeah. Jason Lee movie or whatever. It's not, I've not like read a biography of her, but I, yeah. I just had that thought out of nowhere the other day. I was like, oh no, what if she's like the person who's like, Dorothy's mad at me again. <laughs> I don't know what I did. Oh God. <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on the hop plate again oh, with exactly. Dorothy. Yeah, that that period of time in like 30s Manhattan, like start of the New Yorker, Algonquin, like is just I'm obsessed with. I totally get it. Um, okay, wait. So fictional or in time or literary or yeah, movie? Perfect. perfect. All right, let's pick out a movie one. Um, oh, but but like it, not like an actor, like a character yeah, in the uh, yeah, a character. Oh my god, I don't even like. I'm. This is so difficult because it's so interesting. Um, <laughs> At least that's why, and not because you're like, oh, this is stupid. No, it's it's super like triple fascinating, uh, and and now of course like uh, there's so many things running through my brain, I can't think of one thing. I hear, um, you. I hear you. I'm also trying to think of like because uh, there's like so many like uh, sports stuff that I'm always like, oh, if I had to meet that one person. Um, sure. Oh. What if you're like Lance Armstrong? <laughs> Can you imagine? You I've always face. wanted to to deal with Lance. Oh my god, super gross. Did you um, see that documentary? That's tough to get through. It's, I mean, it's worth seeing. Yeah, I saw good. it. It's just, you know, then I think, like, God, I'm wasting my time watching this bullshit because, he, he, like, I hate him so much, but it was fascinating. I mean, um, he's just whatever. I think he's I think he's the worst out of every scandal. I think he might be a sociopath. Yeah. His disconnect is f- beyond frightening. Yeah. Um, well, one of my favorite books ever was A Prayer for Own Meanie by John Irving. Oh, sure. And I think it would be amazing if I was a little kid, I would be best friends with Owen Meanie. It's great. Um, so that's kind of weird, but... No, um, no, it's not weird at all. It's a perfect answer. I'm, I'm trying to think of like... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, as as far as like being... Because I'm so obsessed with New York City and it felt like truly the first place, besides like Rhode Island because of like the beach and people... But New York City felt like the first place I felt like I was home. And one of my all-time favorite movies was Moonstruck. Oh, God, it's such a great and movie. And I think if I I could be like that Italian Brooklyn New Yorker, yeah. like I would be best friends with the character Cher played oh, God, in that movie. Oh, God, that's great. That's great. God, that is a quintessential yeah. New York movie. It's yeah. so good. I need to see that again. It's been a while. It's so good. Okay, yeah. excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, um... Three bands that uh, that at, like at any moment you could be like, I wish I were just like this band were just playing this song for me right now, right here in this moment. Oh yeah, well, no must, no fuss. Could even be like all of a sudden you're listening to them on a beach. Yes, yes. Um, oh my god. Well, Duran Duran. I'm sorry. Okay. I I'm gonna live and die for them forever. Uh, anytime a Duran Duran song comes on, I'm like. Just living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I've loved that band for so long. It's super cheesy, wonderfulness. Uh, could it be like a like single person, yeah, or is absolutely. it like just any type of music? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's. I'll probably do all '80s, but I'll try to think of one contemporary one. Tina Turner makes me insanely happy. Oh, yeah. 
I'll do a contemporary one so I don't feel like I'm stuck in a certain decade. You but do whatever you want. I've, I I literally go into like heated arguments in bars to how 80s is the greatest decade of music of all time. Uh, do you and, and April Richardson? Have you had that conversation with her? Oh no, but I she'd be, she'd would be she de- would she defend it or would no, she? No, she agree a hundred percent. I just good. gave her a book that is about basically like 80s new wave music like the inception of it and like covers like morrissey yeah because Duran, boy george like, because of that because of that those. is the argument because there was eight thousand genres yeah and they did it so exceedingly well yeah and every decade is known for that one type of music but 80s you could argue just within the 80s about different bands and genre, like oh, it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, no, I love eighties music. You do not have to. Oh, worry it's so about dreamy. All right, let's do you. something contemporary. Um, who I'm like digging, begrudging, begrudging contemporary, begrudging contemporary right, music. Let's go contemporary. <clears throat> um, well, you know. I'm obsessed. I go out dancing like it's my job, and I'm just absolutely obsessed with like you know pop. So, uh, I I am. Anytime Beyonce comes on, I get insanely happy as Great. well. Great. Yeah, she really did it. Oh She's like She I was at a I was at dancing with a bunch of gay boys in Vegas. I was performing there a couple months ago. And uh Get Me Bodied came on and that song takes me like to like a crazy dance pace and my phone was in my back pocket and I got so low my back killed the next day um that my phone just jumped out of my pocket <laughs> and i lost my phone on the dance floor to get me bodied and i felt like beyonce should have paid for my phone uh, well you earned your stripes <laughs> by losing your phone i and it, wo- you never yeah. got it back no i never got it back and i literally woke up the next day like lower back p- pain no phone i'm like maybe i shouldn't get that low yeah, but now i get lower back pain just from sleeping so that's true uh, true that's a bunch of bullshit right there it's because we're getting all. Uh, see how that, um, okay, next category is uh, another good Aaron category based on this one brief. I could also, if there had. was one more, I could also put the Bee Gees in because I live and die for them. Yeah, but they'll they'll be an honorable Gees. mention. They will be an honorable mention. Um, okay, next one is going to be. Well, let's do this. Let's do the let's do the three crushes that can either turn into uh, long term relationships or one nighters or anything in between. But three ladies that uh, oh do it for god, that's going to be a real easy go to. It's <laughs> um, what I think about nonstop. Uh, well, Heidi Klum. Yeah. I've wanted to bang Heidi Klum uh, since I first saw her. I think she's quite um Jennifer Lopez. I don't need her to talk. Um but I would like to bang that lady. <laughs> uh yes, I oh god those dance moves. Um uh I always struggle with saying Halle Berry because she's the most beautiful woman of all time, but I probably wouldn't even know what to do with myself because she's so insanely beautiful. So sometimes I mentioned her, sometimes I don't. But so let's let's say not say Halle Berry, and then I'll probably go with. Uh, oh, I could go with him with Thurman. I could go. I I could probably. I'll say Charlize Theron mm. because she's, she's supposed to be pretty great. Too. Other, and she just seems like she's got the best personality. Yeah, she's she's 
I hear really good things about her. Yeah. So let's put her um, in. She could probably like hang with you right? on the dance floor. Oh my God. She's probably yeah. lost her phone to Beyonce. <laughs> I'd say that's likely. I'd say that's if likely. you're going to lose your phone, my argument is, because I went through a Catholic Catholic like downward spiral the <laughs> next day, like, clean yourself up, Foley. You're too old for this shit. You lost your phone. You were traveling. You had no backup plan. But then I was like, if you're gone, I've never done it yeah. before. You should probably leave it. You should probably lose it like on oh the God, dance floor to Beyonce. More spirited reason than like I was on a plane. I was so yeah. tired. <laughs> I dropped you know it in the I mean? toilet. Yeah, yeah. And I it's know that I did drop my phone in the toilet the other day. <laughs> bag of rice, toilet it was bag totally of rice. Fine. Really? Oh yeah. You bagged rice. I hadn't it? peed into it yet, and it was my own toilet. Good. So I felt and and it had just been cleaned. Oh. I didn't, so it could have been a lot worse. Oh, it could have been horrible. I'm glad that now I know to be aware of that. Yeah. I know what I was wearing that happened some loose pants some really loose house pants loose house pants? house pants on um <laughs> i love that we both just turned it into nick kroll character um okay uh this is uh one of my favorites um i'm going through a phase where food is like pornography for me Ugh. um so three uh, grilled cheese on rye with tomatoes okay great these um, are, I'm assuming. These are, do you, what was it? Sorry, what's the these category? These are summon. Uh, I dream of genie style. Like you blink your eye and it's sitting in your hand. Grilled cheese. <sighs> oh god, that sounds great right now. Yeah, that's always my also, go-to. I. It's very much like Janet. Don't podcast when you're hungry because a yeah. lot of that time, then I just want to talk about that the entire yes. podcast. Luckily, I had some eggs this morning, so I'm okay. <sighs> but that still sounds amazing. Well, that was going to be my second one because I'm because I'm a veggie. I eat. I'm obsessed with omelets. Yeah. So uh, veggie cheese omelet. I could eat that 24 hours a day. And then I'd have to say um, a Thai dish, like a like a Masaman curry with tofu or a yellow curry with tofu, yeah. something like that. I could, I don't, I feel I haven't really given my adoration for Thai food its due, but I do have to say of all of the kind of, it, not even beyond, above and beyond like Asian dishes, but really anything that's not just like sort of standard American, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, is there a combination and complexity of flavors I enjoy more than Thai? No. Oh, it's so... Like, I like to dream that, about curries. If you didn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. The idea of curry and galanga root and lemongrass and peanuts and peppers... Thai basil. And garlic. I mean, I'm yeah. not a huge garlic. And basil. Like, that's a lot of complicated, strong, yes. heady... Who thinks of it? Powerful stuff yeah. that then they figure out, like, you know what? We're going to... Like, to me, the perfect... I can't believe I, I, I'm really going off on this, but like I love Tom Ka soup so much and so it's good. because like there's a million things going on. It's like yeah. eight meals in one. Yeah. Coconut milk. You get the sweetness of the coconut milk. Yeah. You get the spiciness of the chili. Then you get the lemony of the lemongrass. Then there's like the mushrooms that kind of like the stuff that, and the tomatoes, the things yeah. that sort of like calm it down. It's there's a cilantro meal. floating in yeah. it. Um, you do it with tofu, you do it with, if yeah. you're veggie, you do it with shrimp, you do it with chicken. Um, it's like a perfect, that's a perfect food to me. So good. And just honestly, like peanut sauce. I mean, Amazing. I could put it over like, is that a moldy piece of Wonder Bread? <laughs> oh, you've got peanut sauce? I got sauce? just the thing. I Let's, got just the I'll thing fucking eat. Let's eat it. Back into eating. Yeah. 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 Love it. Absolutely agree. Okay. So, uh, oh yeah. So you, I guess we're making you choose a Thai thing. A Mosaman curry? I'll do Mosaman curry. Hopefully I'll remember what that says. Sometimes these get real <laughs> hard to read. Um, okay. Uh, uh, second to last category is you can uh, jump into a, a movie. Um, three. 
uh, at will for whatever reason, whether it's like you want to go into Star Wars because it's mm. not earthly or you want to go into, you know, something because you want to be friends with Pearl Streep, whatever your reason is. Wow. I love these dream sequences. Yeah. Um, if I can jump into a movie, I'd jump into, uh, well, I'd, not that I want to hang out with Kevin Cosner, but I'd want to jump into Bull Durham so I could hang out with Susan Sarandon and be around baseball. Yeah, that's a great fucking movie. Um, that would be one. Uh, let's see. Well, I'd love to... I would just love to be like Annie Hall's best friend. Sure, sure. That, so gets, that would, would gets you right that. into that classic New York, too. Yeah. And then... Can it be a mini series? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Growing up, the Foley family was obsessed with the Thornbirds. Like oh, obsessed. Sure. And then I realized later on I was so in love with Rachel Ward. Oh. So sure. I'd like to grow up, I'd like to insert myself Gorgeous. into the Thornbirds and not and just knock out Father DeBrickasaw and <laughs> shag Rachel Ward. <laughs> yeah, the Thornbirds. And live in Australia and just yeah. herd animals possible i've never seen it but i remember the promos for it it's a great book and, and it's a great like miniseries like, yeah it is that forbidden love it was like, it was so that first exciting. time i remember like it when we were watching and i was like this is like a soap opera oh, like yeah. this is you know for all of mary foley's like no soap operas she would <laughs> we'd go deep in those miniseries that were all soap operas uh, yeah 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 somehow it gives you permission in a different way if it's like based yeah. on the classic novel yeah, exactly. or like some sort of like exactly. this very special yes. television event yeah. that's not yes. a soap opera everybody yeah. richard totally chamberlain is. he was the greatest miniseries actor yeah. he yeah. was the best i mean shogun and uh and Thornbirds. oh my god he was the best yeah yeah oh my god so i, I jump into the thing. i can remember the images of it as if i watched it a million times yeah but all i could tell you is like i think he's a priest i think they love each other what's yeah. gonna happen yeah and there was all this family backstory oh it's fantastic amazing, it was amazing. Fantastic. um okay so final one i'm gonna do is i guess it's sort of related to the sort of sports idea of it all but going a little more fantastical um i'm gonna go superpowers superpowers but it could just be like you can run really fast it doesn't yeah. have to be like i can you know it doesn't have to be as conventional as you might think because it well, might end up just being something that enhances yeah like, an athletic experience for you or you know dunking what I mean? or like being able to swim swim underwater yeah yeah or i dunking. would want to yeah. be able to Great. dunk i mean if i could do literally have like one moment where you like you have one moment to do something fantastical i yeah. would run down a basketball court and dunk yeah for sure i can see if i can get a hold of some flubber <laughs> <laughs> when we were like when we were in high school that we'd practice sometimes after the wrestling team and they would you know that when they rolled up their mats the mats were a good like three feet oh yeah and we'd run jump on the wrestling mat and dunk and i was like i could die right now this is heaven this is oh, a little slice okay. of heaven what about like trampolines you must enjoy that no oh dunking sort of off a trampoline or just yeah or just yeah. tramp oh the yeah feeling, the, the feeling of like i could dunk the yes shit out of something yes right now if i run it if oh, I, basketball I think about that too much probably <laughs> as an adult when I'm lying in my adult bed at night. <laughs> adult bed. <laughs> it's so oh, funny that I okay. said adult bed. Okay, and then two other powers. Yeah. Uh, well, I know it sounds super cheesy, but I've always wanted to fly. Like, yeah. I, who doesn't? But just one time to take off and fly. Like, it was always like, if you could be an animal, what would you could be? And I'd always be like, bird. Mm -hmm. I'd always... 
So the ability to just to take yeah, off and fly, uh, dunking, maybe there's a pattern. Um, and then, uh, oh my God. Um, hmm. Superpower. Well, is there a superpower where you could you could insert yourself into a situation, but you knew you wouldn't get hurt? Like you'd have like a little like yeah. safety bubble. Oh God, absolutely. Like I think I about feel yeah. Like my mortality is the yeah. only thing preventing me from doing certain yeah. things. Like I feel like I have like like when I see scenes in movies or or like like you know what it is. I'm like a super non-confrontational person. Like when I see confrontation, and so many comics say this, we're always like, "Oh God, I'm gonna run," you know. Yeah. So I always thought if something were to happen, and I had to like, you know, I would insert myself in the situation, but I would probably insert myself in so many different, even more dangerous situations if I had like a safety bubble. Sure, sure, <laughs> safety bubble's great. <laughs> oh my God! If if I if I was with a psychologist right now, they'd be like, "You need to sign up." <laughs> Let's talk more about How much this. money do you have in your checking? <laughs> We're going to do a six-week intensive program. The next time I see you, you're a full-fledged Scientologist. <laughs> I always wanted a safety bubble. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That was great. What a great ending to this. Okay. Uh, tell me when to stop so we can determine your MASH soon-to-be future. Okay. Oh, oh weird. Started. Okay, stop. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stop. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Wait, am I calling that five? I think that's just four, actually. I think we, we're we looking at four. One, two, three, four. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to pause this and then reveal your future. I'm not going to put everyone through uh, me doing the <laughs> process of elimination. That might get tiresome. Okay. Coming right back. <laughs> what a wasted wish. Although, who was I? There was someone. It might even be Susie Nakamura. Somebody just did it. But even before that, somebody who's like very handy and, yeah. who, and one of the things that they wish that they could be better at was like, I wish I could fix even more and be even more self-sufficient. And I don't disagree with that. Like it would be kind of amazing that, to have like That should have been my superpower because right? I can't fix anything. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, someone's going to take my lesbo card back because That's right. those women can fix things. Well, the good news is you were excited about my dog, so that there we go. That definitely hammered in. I could fly over and pick someone up that can fix things and bring them back. Like, was there some? <laughs> like, let's just be honest here. Was there some part of me that was like, Aaron's gay? She's gonna like my big dog. <laughs> like, what is she gonna? What is she gonna come? Like, I hope the rescues. Like, what are you gonna come in and be like? Um, could you? Uh, yeah. I feel real. Yeah, I don't know. But you're allowed to be. You would be allowed to be a fragile non. Non, fragile non you yeah could be a very foley oh god look at these things yeah yeah no i love dogs yeah you guys have gotten along very well indeed speaking of things going well i'm very excited to share this future with you i can't um, wait my future is there's revealed a lot of good news because you picked a lot of great stuff the first thing i want to congratulate you on <laughs> uh and these go well together okay good um is that Although, although the actual, you know, mansion, apartment, shack, house, this yeah. part doesn't make as much sense to me. But I want to assure you that you do have a vacation apartment in the Virgin Islands. Yes. Okay, good. I good. guess. I good. mean, sure. You yeah. can have an apartment. Yeah. No, I mean, like I honestly, I don't like a lot. I don't need, I like small from living in New York forever. I like small spaces. Yeah. What are you going to have some gross mansion in yeah, the Virgin come on. Islands? Come on. Come on. Come on, with like twelve, like a staff. I want to, I want to blend. I want to blend when I'm in the Virgin Islands. You're gonna blend. So you got a beautiful apartment in the Virgin Islands, and you're also like a master swimmer. 
gr- yeah. perfect because it that's the whole beauty of the Virgin yeah. Islands, the water. Yeah. I'm swimming from island to island. Yeah. What are you going to be in the Virgin Islands playing ice hockey? No. <laughs> this is so great. Yeah. So, so far, so good. Yeah. And also, how do you get there? Fly. Not Brilliant. on a plane. So you don't have to listen to anyone's beeping watch. This is so dreamy. Just cruising through the sky. Oh, like I love the it. Flyer you are. I love it. Um, so congrats on that. Um, it, I don't know where this comes into play, like where this is happening, possibly at your vacation home, but possibly just here. Um, but you definitely have access to the one and only Duran Duran. Yes. Who current reunited or past version of Duran Duran will be just playing for you. Oh. I love it. I love it. I think they next they live next door to me in their vacation house. I they probably do. They all in live the Virgin together. Islands. We all know that. Of course they, they live together. A show now. Of course um, they live together. Also, I, I will say about Duran Duran that that is a band that I, I. It's true. Any song that comes on, immediately I'm in a good mood. Yeah, like I'm. It improves my mood. Oh, they're five just times. So five fun. Times over. Yeah. They're so fun. So great choice on that. Um, uh, infinite access to Muslim and Curry. Yes. Whenever, wherever. Fantastic. Up to and including hanging out with your buddy, Dorothy Parker. Yes. Dorothy Parker and I are eating Thai food in New York City. (laughs) This is amazing. And then if you want to get a little uh, Southern, pop on into Bull Durham, play some baseball. Oh, my God. So you've got a lot of different great options I love it. I just fly over to the ballpark and hang out with Susan Sarandon. And uh, not only are you hanging out with Susan Sarandon and Dorothy Parker, but you ended up with um, my personal favorite, uh, who I do think it would be really fun to do all of these activities with as well as uh, make out with on a regular basis, Miss Heidi Klum yes yeah oh my god my life just got so much better (laughs) a simple car ride over the bronson canyon that's right and all my dreams are coming true that's right oh heidi klum heidi klum in a in a big pool of water in the virgin (gasps) islands Uh, uh, thank you yeah and what kind of crazy halloween costume is she gonna do with you this year because she always like you always see those amazing pictures where you're like yeah she's got a great sense of humor and she's she's got i used to watch project one way just so i could hear her i love her i did that her sound bites for the best and i don't do impressions yes but when i am in a situation where i am forced to do impressions she is one that i really enjoy doing yeah like putting her in different environments and having that voice is like oh she's adorable i had a project runway it's all about her and tim oh she's i had a project runway joke and one of my gay boys she's he was like i just you have to add this line into your act this was like you know eight years ago but he said that she so he watched an episode where she goes, um, "You had so many fun things to you had so many fun things to design, yet all you came up with was this sad brown dress." Well, <laughs> <laughs> that really is like the perfect like Austrian comment to make. There was one episode where somebody had like all of these like trails of fabric in on the on the bottom of the dress, but it was like a really short dress and. I think the my favorite thing she's ever said was she was like, I mean, it looks like it looks like she's pooing fabric. <laughs> amazing! Oh my god, that's and amazing! You know what? It did look like that. Yeah, she was pooing yeah. fabric. She's and that model was pooing fabric. I'm telling you, I'm pretty excited to spend my golden years with I Heidi know, Klum. You guys are going to do just fine. She's got a lot of children, so I don't know how that's going to factor in. I you love kids. There you go. And we'll get some rescue dogs, there and I will make her mine. Oh my God, Aaron! <laughs> what a pleasure and a joy. Thank you so, so fun. much for doing the podcast. Oh, I'm I'm super excited. You're oh. so. If someone cannot talk to you, they're mute and. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're so easy to talk to. It's awesome. That's so nice. Well, good luck with Scientology. Thank uh, you. Good yes. Luck with your, gonna, your protective safety bubble. I'm going to go out and get my safety bubble. <laughs> Amazing, and uh, and your podcast is Sports Without Balls. Sports Without Balls, and people can find it on iTunes. On iTunes, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Look guys. it up, people. There's going to be a lot more talk about safety bubbles in yeah, future guys. episodes. <laughs> That's going to be what it's called from now on. <laughs> Turns out those balls were safety bubbles, and then have it so easy. Um, all right, thanks, guys. Talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.